0: So we are back today reading in 1 Kings, we are at chapter 18, where Elijah and Obadiah come to meet. And it came to pass, after many days, that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab. And there was a sore famine in Samaria. And Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. For it was so, when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, that Obadiah took an hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. And Ahab said unto Obadiah, Go into the land. Unto all fountains of water And unto all brooks Peradventure we may find grass To save the horses and mules alive That we lease not all the beasts So they divided the land between them To pass throughout it Ahab went one way by himself And Obadiah went another way by himself And as Obadiah was in the way Behold, Elijah met him And he knew him and fell on his face, and said, Art thou that my lord Elijah? And he answered him, I am. Go, tell thy lord, behold, Elijah is here. And he said, What have I sinned that thou wouldest deliver thy servant into the hand of Ahab to slay me? As the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation or kingdom whither my Lord hath not sent to seek thee. And when they said, He is not there, he took an oath of the kingdom and nation, that they found thee not. And now thou sayest, Go, tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And it shall come to pass, as soon as I am gone from thee, that the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee whither I know not, and so when I come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find thee, he shall slay me, but I, thy servant, fear the Lord from my youth. Was it not told, my Lord, what I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord, how I hid an hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifty in a cave? and fed them with bread and water? And now thou sayest, Go, tell thy Lord, Behold, Elijah is here, and he shall slay me. And Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand, I will surely show myself unto him to-day. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Elijah. And it came to pass, when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table." Here we see Elijah's courageous confrontation with Ahab and with the unrighteous in Israel. This is what made him a model prophet to Israel, perhaps the most qualified person to be a prototype of the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was truly a man of God. He spoke not as a people-pleaser but as a faithful bondservant of God. Elijah was called to defend the true God of Israel, just as we are called with the new covenant to defend the gospel of Christ against distortion, compromise, and corruption. Verse 20. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel And gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people, and said, How long hold ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. So Elijah's challenging the people here. Make a choice. Are you following God, or are you following Baal? Israel thought they could worship both. They were guilty of having a divided heart. They tried to serve two masters, but Jesus warns us against this. He says, no man can serve two masters. He will hate the one or love the other. Verse 22. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God that answereth by fire. Let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves and dress it, for ye are many, and call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leapt upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them, and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey, or peradventure he sleepeth and must be awaked. And so they cried louder and cut themselves after the manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass when midday was past, and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that there was neither voice, nor any to answer, nor any that regarded. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he prepared the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullocks in pieces, and laid him on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice, and on the wood. And he said, Do it the second time, and they did it the second time. And he said, Do it the third time, and they did it the third time. And the water ran round about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. So, we're going to back up a minute here. In verse 27, it talks about how Elijah mocked the prophets of Baal. He revealed his indignation at their immoral and cruel idolatry. And remember, Israel embraced this. So, his sarcasm, his uncompromising attitude, this was an expression of loyalty to the God he loved and served if you compare Elijah's reaction with Jesus' anger and intolerance at the defiling of the temple in Jerusalem. Okay, we're going to move on to verse 36. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day... That thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. So here again we see his courage and his faith have no parallel in the history of redemption. He challenges the king. He rebukes all of Israel. He confronts 450 prophets Mm -hmm. of Baal only with the weapons of prayer and faith in God. His confidence in God is indicated by the brevity and also the simplicity of the prayer that he prays. The whole purpose of Elijah's confrontation with the prophets of Baal and then with his prayer was simply to reveal the grace of God to his people. He wanted their hearts to turn back to God just as John the Baptist, sometimes considered the Elijah of the New Testament, had his goal set on turning the hearts of many to God in preparation for the coming of Christ. Okay, verse 38. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. So here we see how the Lord responds miraculously to his simple prayer. He consumes the sacrifice. Elijah is seen as clearly being God's prophet, and he proves to Israel, God alone, one Lord. This is who they should serve. Do we pray for and expect the same type of manifestations of God's spirit in our midst, we should. Okay, verse 39. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape and they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. So, couple notes about the slaughter of the prophets of Baal. Their death sentence was just. It was done in obedience to the law of Moses. The New Testament doesn't have a commandment of this sort. Violent action against false teachers is prohibited. But God does command us to reject and separate from them. Also, Elijah's action against the false prophets of Baal. This represented God's wrath against those who were trying to destroy the faith and the spiritual heritage of his chosen people. This showed Elijah's love for his zeal, his loyalty to the Lord. His heart and his spirit were in harmony with God. He was morally and spiritually sensitive to the defection of Israel from their covenant God who loved them, and who redeemed them. Elijah's destruction of the false prophets manifested a concern for the Israelites, who were being spiritually destroyed by this false religion. Jesus had the same attitude. Paul did too. We must remember God's wrath will be poured out on the stubborn and unrepentant people at the day of wrath and the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. God is love, and he loves us, but he is also a just God. Okay, verse 41. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth, and put his face between his knees, and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked, and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea, like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot, and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile, that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode, and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins, and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. So, to back up. In verse 43 it says, Go again seven times. The number seven in the scriptures often symbolizes fullness or completeness. Here Elijah engaged in complete intercession. Three aspects. Number one, he interceded to restore the altar and the honor of God in the land. Number two, he interceded by engaging in spiritual warfare against the false religion and cult of Baalism and Asherah. Three, he interceded with God by intense and persistent prayer for the outpouring of rain. The Old Testament compares the outpouring of the Spirit with the outpouring of rain. So Elijah's confrontation with the Baalism, it illustrates three types of intercession that must characterize the prayers of God's people. We must intercede for revival that restores God's honor and glory among his people. We must intercede involving spiritual warfare against demonic strongholds. And our intercession is for spiritual drought to be broken by the outpouring of God's spirit and by a spiritual awakening. Okay, so now we're moving on to chapter 19. This is when Elijah flees from Jezebel. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by to-morrow about this time. And when he saw that he arose, and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. So Elijah's expression of faith and the supernatural victories that we just write about immediately are followed by fear. He runs for his life. He's discouraged. These are results of Jezebel's intention to destroy his life. Elijah didn't receive a word from the Lord to remain in Jezreel. To have stayed would have been to risk his life unnecessarily when his destiny was Mount Horeb. Elijah's forced departure from Israel for Judah and the wilderness is also an example of those who, for righteousness' sake, are ill treated, forced to wander in deserts, mountains, caves, holes in the ground. Much like Elijah, there are prophets who have had to leave churches, preachers left pulpits and professors' classrooms, all because they stood against sin and spoke according to God's word, following the path of righteousness. For his name's sake. If you're one of those, just remember, great is your reward in heaven. verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And, as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold then an angel touched him, and said unto him, "Arise and eat, And he looked, and behold, there was a cake bacon on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head, and he did eat and drink, and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time, and touched him, and said, "Arise and eat." because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink, and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. Okay, so again, we're going to backtrack a little bit. In verse 4, he says, Take away my life. Elijah was overcome. He was exhausted, discouraged. He was full of grief. He prayed that God would deliver him from this heavy prophetic burden and simply let him depart into heavenly rest. Elijah's feelings weren't unlike that of the Apostle Paul when he spoke of having a desire to depart and be with Christ. Or the heroes of the faith who desired a better country, a heavenly one. There are some reasons Elijah was discouraged. It seemed apparent failure. He expected the conversion of all of Israel, possibly even Jezebel, yet now he had to flee for his life. The hope and labor and struggle of his life appeared to be ending in failure. He was also lonely. He felt he stood alone in the conflict for God's truth and righteousness. And, of course, he was physically exhausted after this long and strenuous journey. Praise God for the angel that came and touched him. God dealt with Elijah's discouragement with understanding and compassion. We need to be more understanding and compassionate of others. God allowed Elijah to sleep. He nourished him with food, and he visited him with an awe-inspiring revelation of his power and presence. God provided revelation and direction, as well as giving him a faithful companion with a kindred spirit. When God's children are discouraged, and in the place God has put them, through Christ, we ask God to give us strength, grace, and encouragement. Jesus makes us adequate for any situation. Now, 40 days and 40 nights, it says. Some consider this fast, as well as the experience of, of Moses, And Christ an example of a long fast but these individuals didn't fast in the ordinary sense that we know fasting Moses was in the presence of God he was supernaturally sustained Elijah had two supernatural meals that gave him strength for those 40 days and Jesus well he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness he didn't become hungry until after the 40 days Okay, now we're moving on to chapter 19, verse 9. And he came thither unto a cave, and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life, to take it away. And he said, Go forth, and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake." And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle, and went out, and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him, and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life, to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. So to encourage and strengthen Elijah's faith, God visited him on Mount Horeb. The visitation was accompanied by wind, earthquake, and fire. But the Lord wasn't in any of those events. Instead, the revelation of God was in the form of a still, small voice. Elijah learned here that God's work proceeds and advances Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. God had not deserted his prophet. He does not ever desert his faithful people. God did work out his righteous plan of redemption, in spite of the overwhelming presence of evil in Israel. Okay, verse 16. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi... Ages sticking here, the son of Nimshi shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel Meholah, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room, and it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay, yet I have left me seven thousand in Israel all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So God directs Elijah to anoint Elisha to be his successor. Not only were priests and kings anointed to their offices, but also prophets. Elisha was to minister to Elijah. He was also to help Hazael, who was the king of Syria, and Jehu, the king of Israel, to defeat the enemies of God. And then, of course, he was to proclaim the word of God to the faithful remnant. Elijah and Elisha's ministries cover a span of about 75 years, from 875 to 800 BC, during the reigns of Ahab, Ahaziah, Jehoram, Joram, Jehu, Jehoahaz, and Jehoash. Um, Elijah was a faithful servant to the older prophet. He was known as the one which poured water upon the hands of Elijah. And then God reminds Elijah, the 7,000 in Israel were those who did not bow their knees to Baal. They're joined by the suffering faithful of all generations who overcome backsliding, compromise, and worldliness among God's people, those who persevere in love, faith, and obedience to God and his word. They are those who refuse to be caught up in the evil ways of the world, who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, Revelation 7.14. Those who are persecuted because of righteousness' sake, Matthew 5.10, who love God fervently, Matthew 22.37, and who steadfastly remain on the narrow way, Matthew 7.14. Throughout the Scriptures, it is the faithful, overcoming remnant that is known by the Lord, And God promises to keep them by his power through faith. Excuse my dog there. I think the people just showed up to start working on the house. Um, Okay, let's try to finish up with chapter 19. So, Elisha and Elijah. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him, and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen, and ran after Elijah, and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him, and took a yoke of oxen, and slew them, and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen, and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose, and went after Elijah, and ministered unto him." And I think we're going to stop there, because that that was just a lot. Two chapters, but they were two chapters full of good stuff. I just want you to notice, when Elijah cast his mantle upon Elisha. Elijah asked if he could go back, say goodbye. There were a couple things he wanted to do, and Elijah said, "What then?" I think of how we read about how then Elisha went, and he took the yoke of oxen and he slew them. And the people ate. and He got rid of everything that was his former life. He destroyed everything. There was nothing for him to go back to, even if he wanted to go back. He did that all, knowing that there was going to be something greater. All because Elijah, Elijah cast his mantle upon him. May we be so willing to give it all and to go forth for the Lord.